0: Well, good morning. Good, morning. good morning. It's incredible to be with you this morning. I've heard so much about you. Justin invites me to come to his church to preach, and he leaves the country. <laughs> what about that? <laughs> it's good to see you. You know, I'm, I'm just Renee. and I, By the way, my wife Renee, Justin's mom, is right there. Why don't you wave or... We are so honored and blessed to, uh, to be with you this morning. Look forward to doing it again and uh, we 've heard so much about you back in the middle '80s, we were expecting our first child. We prayed god, I pray, God, give me a boy." <laughs> we have a boy and a girl but, but justin was was born, our prayer was Lord. Make him healthy. I mean, when he's born, I want to see everything that he's supposed to have, and I want everything to work, you know? And it did. And I remember standing there in that hospital in Kerrville, Texas, and holding Justin for the very first time. I cannot even put in words (coughs) what that felt like. Then as he grew up, our prayers changed. Lord, keep him safe. Help him to grow strong and love baseball <laughs> and soccer. And did he love baseball in fourth grade? Bases loaded. <laughs> this is serious. You gotta hear this about ninth inning. Bases loaded. We're behind by three runs. The only hope is a grand slam home run. Dad's, you know, filming and pray, Lord, give it to him, give it to him. And boom, hits the ball out of the park. Carried him, God answered my prayers. <laughs> he grew up and Lord helped him to get an education and want to get smarter than me and go to college. And he did But the biggest prayer of all is that he would walk with you, Lord. And he chose to do that in third grade. The second biggest prayer is, Lord, give to him not just a woman, but give to him a helper. Someone will be on the same page. Someone will love him unconditionally. Someone that would be not just a mother, but a mother. And then (laughs) God brought Candace Candace, I cannot tell you, we could not have designed, if we had put in order to God, this is what I want. He topped it off with icing when he gave us Candace and grandkids. I tell you, I'm having a blast. This season of my life is so much fun. Grandkids are outrageously fun. I wish we could have figured out how to have them first. But I quickly realized last week when they were in San Antonio, why young people have kids. They have energy. (laughs) I don't, they wore me out. But here we are today. And I wish I could say that once you become a Christian, once you sign that form or whatever you do, cross the line of faith, pray in your heart, Lord, forgive me of my sins. And, you know, I believe you become a believer, a child of God. God forgives us of our sins of the past, of the present, and of the future. And he gives us an eternal home. I wish I could say, all oh, your problems are over. How many of you know that's not true? Sometimes when you, when you cross that line of faith, your problems are just beginning. Our problems have problems. Jesus said it best. He said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. And um, James, the brother of Jesus, which you you guys just finished a, a sermon series on James, began that book by saying, not if trouble comes, but when it comes. He said, embrace it. It's an opportunity for joy. I want to talk to you this morning about adversity and how that it is the birthplace of praise can be in our life. In Psalms 59, we're in a series on Psalms and uh, Pastor Craig did an excellent job last weekend and um, today we're, we're visiting this summer uh, various Psalms. We can't do them all. There's too many of them. And, um, but what we want to do is look at a particular psalm. today, Psalm 59. And we want to kind of reflect back on what was going on in David's life when this psalm was penned, when it was written. And um, the emphasis now, and I want to read it because it's good. It is good. It's, it's on the last two verses of Psalms 59. But as for me, I will sing about your power I will shout with joy each morning because of your unfailing love for you have been my refuge a place of safety in the day of distress last verse, O oh, my strength to you I will sing praises for you O oh God are my refuge the God who shows me unfailing love this chapter is written in a time in David's life where he was facing great adversity. He had just—we we look back to First Samuel uh, nineteen and twenty and twenty-one. We read the story. He had just—he had just come bringing cornbread from his father Jesse's house to the troops who were fighting the Philistines, he comes as a delivery person with some cornbread. And, and uh, he hears this, this giant out there defying the, the armies of the Lord and, and the, the followers of God. God's people were scared to death. First of all, have you ever been there? I know we live in a different world, but have you ever faced something that's, oh my, this is it. This is the big one. That's what they were looking at. You can't get too hard on them because they were just normal people. But David hears them and he says, "Who oh, by what? Who is this man? I can take him down. And he goes and you know the story. He gets five smooth stones because I hear Goliath had four brothers. He picked five stones. He only needed one. Put it in his slingshot. And he says, you come with javelin and sword and shield, but I come in the name of the God of the army of Israel. And he said, womp, womp, womp. I believe at that time he could have knocked Goliath over by just going, Poof. <laughs> That's the kind of God that we serve. So this is what's happening in David's life. You're thinking, how is that, uh, uh, how is that a bad thing? You, you were talking about adversity, Larry. It's coming. See, he comes back to the camp. And they have a ticker tape parade for the army when they come back, they've defeated the enemy. And the women get out the tambourine, and I imagine the flowing skirts, you know, when they're dancing in the streets, and they're singing this song. They're singing, Saul has slain his thousands, but oh, thanks be to David, he has slain tens of thousands. And Saul was cool with the first part of that song, but he didn't like the second part of it. So there became a, a jealousy relationship. And probably a little bit of fear. I got to get rid of this guy. David is running for his life. There in the temple, he throws, in the palace, he throws a, Saul throws a, a, a spear and tries to pin David against the wall. He wants to kill him. He puts out an all points bulletin on this guy. And church, he had done nothing wrong. That's what gets my gourd sometimes. When I, I face adversity and it's not because I did anything wrong. Has it ever happened to you? That's where David was. And he, he cries out to God. He says in Psalms 59 Because rescue me from my enemies, O God, protect me from those who have come to destroy me. His house was surrounded. There was no 911 to call. There was no police department to call. They were out to get him. They had his picture, I guess, you know. Rescue me from these criminals, David said. Save me from these murderers. They have set an ambush for me. Fierce enemies are out there waiting, though I have done them no wrong, O Lord. Despite my innocence, they prepare to kill me. Rise up and help me. <laughs> I, I tell you, there's so many times in my life where I pray, Lord, oh dear God, I need you to rise from the very throne of grace yourself. I need your help today. And it's nothing like what he was going through. You get the picture here? He's running for his life. He's crying out. They come at night snarling like vicious dogs <laughs> Growling and, and looking for him. Listen to the filth that comes from their mouth. In the theater of your mind, I want you to put yourself in this place where David was up against the wall. But you know what happens? I, I imagine that David has a flashback from the past. Is he frightened? I think he has given it a thought. What would you do? But he has a, a thought back to when he was just a boy, a little shepherd boy, tending his father's sheep. And the bear and the lion come. And he didn't have a tranquilizer gun. He didn't have a gun that he could shoot him. And he, with his bare hands and with what God, get, God provided for him, God was his strength and his refuge then. And he's thinking, God, you could do the same. Then he had to remember that day when he brought the cornbread from Jesse's house to his brothers to check on him, and he got involved with Goliath and with the stone. Boom, knocked him out. God, you were with me then. You'll be with me now. You see, it's those verses that enabled David to get to verse 16. But as for me... As for me, I will sing about your power. I will shout with joy each morning. Well, we don't shout a lot in church anymore. You know, I think sometimes we should. I think we should sing out loud and 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 get a little get like you look a little bit happy. Amen. You should you should feel that because you've experienced the power of God in your life when today, here you are at Stone Oak Bible Church. Some of you staggered in here this morning, probably with a, a diagnosis from the doctor that you don't like, or someone in your family. What am I going to do? You know what's gonna put keep you on course and get you through is you're gonna remember what the Lord has done in the past. That's why it's important. If you don't hear anything this morning, hear this. It's important that you get connected in the faith community. That you grow. Quit shopping around. Get plugged in. Fill out that card this morning. Find your place to be. Because when trouble comes, and it's coming, if it hadn't, it's coming, you'll have a faith community to embrace that they'll pray for you well I don't when I get sick I just trust the doctors I don't really like it when people want to come around and lay hands on me and pray it's <laughs> kind of awkward <laughs> you know if you don't believe God can heal us when we're sick by the laying on of the hands and the prayer of faith it's just because you had not got sick enough I believe that. You haven't got there yet. But when it happens, when I'm sick, I want everybody praying. I'm going to call that Tower in Tulsa. <laughs> I want everybody praying for me. I want everybody praying. The APB was out. David is is uh, rejoicing in the Lord. And I, I wonder, you know, David is a man who is been labeled a man after God's own heart, if, if maybe it's because he handled adversity really well. How do you do it? How do you, how do you handle stress? Adversity. Problems. As a care pastor, I see people on a daily basis that... Uh, are, are facing some very difficult times. Hope Fellow church, Help Fellowship Church is a big church in Frisco and McKinney, and there's just a lot of hurt going around. People don't know what to do, especially if you're new to faith. You know, can I just talk to you this morning? It matters. It matters how you live your life. You know, I just think it's important to realize that you're here today on purpose. You're part of a church that has a heart for the lost, a church where lost people really indeed do matter the church that's not going to stop growing until the trumpet sounds because you are placed in an area in San Antonio with enormous growth and people matter to God. Get in here and get busy and get, get your life committed. Get in the Word of God every day. Listen to Him go now surely gone to meddle now. What are you talking about, quiet time? Yes, I am. Spend some time in the Word so when you're going through adversity, you can, like David, remember the past. You see, that, that, that study time in the Word, it builds our faith. And so when we're facing adversity, we can recall in our mind and our heart, and the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance those things that we studied, those things that we meditated on, those things that we were taught if that's not going on in your life, your tank's empty. And, and know this. This is the hardest thing. Sometimes God says no. Sometimes we can pray the wallpaper off the wall, do everything right, and we have to realize that... As Jesus taught us to pray, it's, God, your will, not mine, be done on earth. I've, I've prayed for people that were sick and, and watched them die. I don't get it. You know, I, other than this, and this is what keeps me going, we, you and I, are not created for this world. No, 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 no. We are created for eternity. Our life doesn't begin till it ends here. So as you journey through life, I want to, uh, I want you to, I want to encourage you. God is big enough to carry you. In your weakness, Jesus is made to become your strength. So in that hour of adversity, in that moments of weird questioning, lean in towards the Lord. His word says, draw near to me and I will draw near unto you. I believe the moment you turn your heart towards God, he rushes to you. Horatio Spafford married Anna Larson in 1861, and they lived in Chicago, Illinois. At the time, Chicago was a boomtown. Horatio Spafford was a prominent lawyer and senior partner in a large, thriving law firm. Spafford invested money into a real estate in North Chicago, expanding and growing, probably a lot like Stone Oak area of San Antonio. Mm -hmm. Then it happened. The great fire. I don't know why we call it the great fire. The awful fire of Chicago. Reduced parts of the city to ashes in October of 1871 destroying and wiping out Spafford's investment. Economic disaster. Adversity. Two years later in 1873, Spafford decided it was time for he and his family to take a vacation and he chose somewhere in Europe, they chose England, knowing that his good friend, Dwight L. Moody, the evangelist, would be holding meetings there in the fall. Perfect place. He was a very busy businessman. He sent his family on ahead of him, and he told his his wife, I'll travel a few days later. His daughters, Tanetta, age 11, Elizabeth, age 9, Margaret, age 5, little Annie, age 2. On November 22nd, 1873, while crossing the Atlantic Ocean, the steamship Villa de Harve was struck by an iron sailing vessel. 226 people lost their lives that dreadful day including all four of Spafford's kids upon arriving in England Mrs. Spafford wired her husband back in Chicago saying saved but alone can you imagine the level of brokenness what would you do? You know, sometimes when we lose it like that, we, we want to get Maloney and Maloney involved and sue them. What do you do? Horatio decided I'm going to England few days later he got on board another steamship and when they got to a particular spot the captain of the ship stopped and said Mr. Spafford from what we know this is about the location of the tragic accident surrounded by this difficulty in the the roar of the sea losing his investment back in Chicago now losing his children he wrote this song these are the verses when peace like a river attendeth my way when sorrow like sea billows roll whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say it is well It is well with my soul. My my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh, my soul. And Lord, haste the day when the faith shall be sight. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. My beloved, this morning. You serve a God who is in control. You serve a God who is more than enough to help you. More than enough to carry you. More than whatever it is, you are safe. Hear me this morning. You're safe in his care. What, What kind of luggage did you bring in this morning? What's in your bag? You know, we come to church sometimes loaded down. And the Lord's here. His presence is here right now. And he's beckoning you. Give it to me. Lay it down. Sometimes when life is not fair, it makes no sense. You've done nothing wrong. I don't deserve this. Let me tell you this. Jesus understands that. Because they arrested him and beat him, scourged him, and they crucified him naked before the world. And he did nothing wrong. So today, whatever it is that you're carrying, please lay it down. Don't leave here. Don't carry it back out the doors. Leave it at Stone Oak Elementary School. And walk out of here saying, but I will sing of your strength. In the morning, I will sing of your love for you are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. Oh, my strength, I will praise, sing praise to you. Oh, God, you are my fortress and my loving God. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Father, I just, we just invite and recognize that your Holy Spirit, the very presence of God, the creator of heaven and earth, is here with us at Stone Oak Bible Church. I just ask you, Lord, to embrace us all. Help us to to be honest with you. Help us, Lord, to trust you with our, with our lives, to unpack our luggage, our cares at the foot of the cross this morning. Help us to sing praises to you because you're able to deliver us. Help us through the hard parts of life. Those speed bumps out there are tough. Help us, Lord, as we journey. While while your heads are bowed and you're praying, I I just want to ask you this morning, I'm not going to embarrass you or anything, but if you're here today and you have never (coughs) crossed the line of faith, Today was just is made for you. This is your opportunity. And I want you to just lift your hand and say, "Pastor, I'm that one." Would you pray for me? I've never trusted the Lord, but I feel His presence here. He's calling me. Would you just lift your hand right where you are? My next. Question to you as you, in an attitude of prayer, what are you dealing with? What kind of luggage do you have this morning? What hurts? What diagnosis did you stagger out of the doctor's office with this week? Maybe the load that you carry is your children, Or, or, or get this, maybe it's your parents' Maybe you've raised your kids, and it's your parents coming back home. Needy, hurting. Whatever it is that you're going through this morning, I want to invite you. I want to pray for you. I'd like for everyone to stand. And if, if you're struggling this morning, I'm, I'm, I just want I want you to come down to the front. I don't know if you normally do that it's stone oak, but... I'd like to do, I'm going out on a limb this morning, and I realized that. And we've got like five more minutes, so I'm good with time. So I'd like for you to come. If you're here this morning and you're struggling, I want you to come and just stand here in the front. We're going to pray for you. Quickly, others, come. This is your opportunity, man. Leave your suitcases right there. Leave that luggage right there. Someone else. This is your chance, man. Not that God can't meet you where you are, but. Now, I I would like for some people that know how to pray to just come and stand behind them. Would you do that? There we go. I believe. God can help you. Whatever you're carrying this morning, I just want you to um, hand it over to Him. Whatever it is, this this is what I'd like for you to do. Everyone, if you would do this, I want you to put your hands together like this, everybody. And some of you out there should should have come up here, and I realize that. But whatever it is that you're carrying, I want you to see it in your hands. You got a mental picture of that? Now I want you to lift it up to the Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, we present all of our stuff to you, Lord. We present all of our troubles to you, Lord, all of our cares to you, Lord, and we're going to trust you. We're going to walk through life with our palms up, trusting you, Lord. We believe that you're able to help us, that you're more than enough. In our weaknesses, Lord Jesus, you become our very strength. In Jesus' name, amen.